All right, here we are with another episode of the High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. Good morning, Sal. How are we doing today? I am great. You? Yes, awesome. Look at this returning guest and record holder of views for uh, for the High Ground podcast. Aaron Bledsoe is in studio, and uh, um, it's a little different because we usually we're getting uh, vertigo as he's walking around the the <laughs> lot and. He we, shouldn't do that anymore. He's got a new office now, so mm-hmm. he shouldn't do that. But we still made him drive all the way over here to, <laughs> to be in person. So we're glad you're here, and uh, you know we want to always kind of give a reference to where we are time wise. So we're just coming out of the holiday season, early uh, early January 2023. So you're coming off of a year, going into a year, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure you have several things to discuss with us. So uh, we'll just let you run with it and fill in where. As soon as you hesitate, we're going to throw something else at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other day, um, Scott Sharp asked me for a reference point is where we were right now versus last year, looking at new crop. Um, We can talk about old crop as far as how all that works out, but that all, I mean, I'm more focused about new crop right now. I mean, as an elevator, we usually, once we get through harvest, I try to be proactive with farmers and say, okay, well, we know what you've harvested. You know what's in your bin. That is a little simpler to figure out as far as uh, a plan for that stuff. The new crop, that's always unknown. You know, what's the weather going to be like? Are we going to get it in the ground? When are we going to get it in the ground? How much is it going to cost per acre? Um, What futures, what what are futures going to do? So that's where a really solid marketing plan comes in. And I was surprised to look, you know, going through harvest, I kind of lost track of where we were a year ago. And so I look back and at at the moment, you know, November 23 prices, if we looked back at November 22 at this time last year, November 23 prices were $1.50 higher than they were last year. And and December... I forget so fast. Yeah. I mean... when you say that, it's almost, it's just stunning because I just, it seemed like that was just forever ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And and it's really hard, um, especially with this week, you know, earlier this week, right out, right out of uh, New Year's Day, we lost like 40 some cents this week, if not more on the bean front. So it's really easy to get all negative Nancy on this, but gosh dang it, we're still a dollar 20 higher than we were at this time. And that was as of this morning. Um, you know, in December is the December new crop prices on the future market is 50 cents higher than it was this time last year. So if we look back at, you know, one, you know, today's the sixth, I think if we look back at one six of, of, uh, 22, those prices were substantially lower than they are right now. So, I like what this year is shaping up to be. The only hesitancy is the fact that we're already here. So what's going to be that catalyst to drive us even higher like we saw last year? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. But as like a review, I mean, you guys can jump in at any point if you got questions. But as a review, you know, with that comment of what's going to push us higher, well, last year you got to think about the stuff that we had. You know, in a review type format, we had the Ukraine invasion at the end of February. We had delayed planting here in the U.S. We had a low river system in fall that backlogged everything. We had corn yield, which was 4.4 bushels less than it was in 21. So we had an average. Right now, they're still figuring that out. You know, January and the next re- next couple of reports will really hammer that out for us. <laughs> but they're still projecting us at a 172.3. So that's, like I said, 4.4 lower than what it was in 21. 
our corn acres harvested was 5% less than it was in 21. So remember, 21 was a record year on the uh, yield. Well, our acres harvested were down 5%, so we're at 80.8 million versus 84.8 harvested in 21. So yield per acre is down. Acre is down on corn. The bean yield was down one and a half bushels, down to 50.2 for this past harvest. And the harvested acres was up, was up, or was less than, you know, 1% up. So we're still at 86.6. All those numbers will get finalized late, much later this year, but that's what, it took all of that to go from the low of last year. The low for the December 22 corn was on 1.3 last year. 1.3 of 22. And that was 542 and a half. The high for new crop corn last year, future wise, was 766 and a quarter. And that was in May. It took all of that to take us from 542 to 766. And then right after, you know, you know, for first week of June, it just bottomed out. When was the high in May? Yeah, May uh, May, sixteenth. Sixteenth. Uh, yep, May sixteenth. So okay, but if you want to talk about old crop, old crop last year, um, as far as like how the prices reacted and uh, through like the nearby bids and nearby futures looked last year, the high uh, for the July futures was eight twenty four and a half. Um, the May high was eight twenty seven. So last year. We had gotten futures up, whether it was new crop, old crop, doesn't matter. The highest that you could have priced old corn or new was right around that 820 something. That was the high last year. So new crop, just about 766 and a quarter was, was the high. But old crop, you could have got up to 827. So, Wow. And then it took, uh, I wrote down uh, four events. Mm-hmm. It took those four to get us there, mm-hmm. and now, um, you know, we're still we're still uh, what do you say a dollar twenty higher for beans? We are for for uh, for corn as of this morning. We were about fifty cents higher. Fifty cents higher. Yep. Fifty cents higher. Yep, yep. This time last year we were five forty two. This morning we were around five ninety two, five ninety three. So, so it took all cents. that to to get us there. I guess and to keep us here, uh, other than. Uh, the things that are still in check is still the river system's a little, mm-hmm. a little horsed up and, uh, Ukraine obviously still going on. Yep. We just don't know what the planning conditions is going to be. And we don't know the acres. Nope. Those, yep. are the, those are our unknowns going into this year. Yep. That is, that, that is, that is a fact right now. Um, we got Argentina that's continuing to drop their crop conditions. Um, there's, they're still in the planning mode. Um, I, they're not, they're behind average, on planning progress and the conditions are aren't aren't great um crop conditions aren't so we think of south america as like one area but brazil good and argentina bad right now correct um i haven't checked in on brazil here lately with all the holidays and just all the craziness going on um but argentina seems to be taking the headlines right right this second um which is about normal you know right about this time you start to see Maybe a little bit more of a transition to news going about Brazil more so than Argentina. Okay. Well, 
So what else is what I mean? What else is on your radar if, uh, with with growers calling you? I mean, obviously, we kind of made a push to move a lot of product early and mm -hmm. um, looking at what the market does. But we're a little bit different traders than what a farmer would be. So yep. um, as we kind of push to get maybe closer to empty, what what do you think the inventory is out on the farms right now? What what are you thinking? And what was your advice to those who still have crop? My advice with beans, I mean, I. I there's money. I mean, there's money with beans right now. I mean, if if you've got beans in your bin, there's money to be made by selling them right now. The market wants them. It's calling for it. Um, there's a tiny bit of carry in, in the market, but not not much. It's it's fairly flat. Um, if you look at the bids on the river and some of the processors, they're calling for it now, not later. So very, very similar to what we had last year um, for old crop. New crop. I think there's room to set some targets higher. Um, I know that all last year I was kind of hesitant on beans. I'm still hesitant um, to say that, you know, to get on the bandwagon and say, hoorah, we're going to go to $17 for beans. But if your inputs look like they're going to be a little lower this year than last year, and not, I mean, that's an overarching thing. I mean, that's talking CPP for everything. Some products are going to be higher, some products are going to be lower, but it feels like, it maybe the cost to play the game is not quite as high as it was last year, but we've got beans a dollar twenty higher than they were this time last year. So if your cost per acre is slightly lower, but you can get more out of the bean bushel, why not lock in that margin? At least on a portion of it. Um, I've been getting a lot more phone calls on new crop beans and new crop corn, and I completely feel good about that. I, I think we need to be focused on, on the bean front. I mean, there, there's there's a pretty big chunk of money to be made on these beans, even on, on an average or sub-average bean yield for yourself. Why not take a piece of this out? Um, we've got some targets working on beans. And, you know, to kind of go through the beans, why I like beans so much is, yes, we're $1.20 higher. This time last year we were twelve seventy four for November futures. Right now we're around that thirteen ninety. We had gotten all the way up to fourteen twenty, fourteen twenty five, about last week. But uh, in, in between Christmas and New Year's, we we gotten up into those fourteen twenties. Um, so those are very good prices for fall delivered bushels. Wow, we're not talking about having to wait to get your money. We're talking about stuff that you can get cash before the end of the year to go into prepay season or to help finance some of those operating expenses that you incurred during harvest. Um, so I really like beans right now. That's that's where my main focus would be right this second. We'd be focusing on beans. So the, the danger here is the emotion. We saw fourteen twenty five <laughs> right? Yep. That's the that's the that's the the danger is this mm -hmm. the emotion and, and we all feel it. We're like, well we missed, you know mm -hmm. what how did you phrase it? You didn't lose money. You, you it was an opportunity, right? Yep. You didn't capture the opportunity that was in front of you. So take the emotion out mm -hmm. and look at your inputs, which look like, and it depends on your product mix yep. and what you're using. Some products are up, some products are down. That's a really good way of putting it. And but on on average, looks like they'll be maybe you said maybe down, but maybe flat, maybe up, mm -hmm. just a little bit. But it won't be it won't be extreme. Uh, the the increases or decreases have, have fairly much been baked into the crop protection and seed and um, we just had a podcast I think we're gonna have on the on the crop nutrients 
So it does look like a good opportunity to to take some profits. Yep. On new crop beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I th- as a farm marketer, we are risk management people. We try to manage the risk and the opportunity of losing a lot of money. We try to minimize the loss and maximize profit is what we're really trying to do as a farm marketer. Is, and that's just trying to take some of the risk off. Right now, you can take a big chunk of risk off the table by just locking in, taking staggering steps into this. I had a guy on the phone the other day. He goes, well, I feel like I probably ought to sell some beans. That way, everybody else that sells them after me can experience good prices. Because I know as soon as I sell them, the market's going to go up. We're like, okay, well, how about we set a target a little bit higher than what it is right now. So when it does hit, you can put another target in a little higher so that you can be one of those guys that you helped out. Um, and I, I think I think that was it. It's just stagger step your way into this. We had guys do that last year, and it worked out very well for them. There's a old curve, and I know everyone's seen it. Um, and I'm sure we'll pro- if we can find a graphic of it, we'll post it too. But there's the bell curve of the greed and despair, and you know, <laughs> if you look at the December 22 um, future or the the charts that I have here, it's pretty. It, it's not as volatile as the beans just because the beans, when they swing, they swing 50 cents. Corn swings 20 cents. So it looks more dramatic on beans. Um, Percentage-wise, they're about the same as far as drastic moves. But corn, December 22 corn was a very good example of you start going and you're like, oh, this looks good. And then you start climbing the hill and it's like, ah, we're going to go to $8. We'll just hold on. Like, eh, this crop isn't looking very good. And then all of a sudden you get to that top. Which was seven seven sixty six and a quarter, and I can tell you at that point, I was not getting very many phone calls for new crop corn. And then all of a sudden, we rode almost two dollars down in a matter of a month and a half. And then I started getting phone calls because that's at the that's at the despair moment. And then you start climbing, and then we started climbing again into harvest, which is typically unseasonable. I mean, you don't typically see a climb, but. In the fall of 22, we had the river conditions. So, and the crop started to come in, and it was like, okay, well, maybe it's not as good as we thought it was. Um, one of the other reasons why we didn't get too many phone calls in that June timeframe in late May was they had they had been listening to the advice of trying to get to a certain portion sold for new crop. And then at that point, with as when it got dry, everyone was starting to say, maybe I'm not 30% sold. Maybe I'm actually like 60% sold. So let's take a step back. And then the rains came and then we started to see the futures fall. So it, it's a tightrope, but they feathered stuff in on that way up and they, and, and they captured some of that. So it's uh, interesting. You say that, that the call stopped at the highest point. Mm-hmm. What does that tell us about all of our human nature? <laughs> But, oh, yeah. but you're right, though. I mean, at that point, it was dry. Yeah, it was. And we it's easy now, hindsight, right? Oh, yeah. And um, and uh, you're as spot on as a, we thought we were 30%, 20%, 25 Uh-oh. Am, yep, I, yep. am I 60 now or 70%? Yep. Yep. So there was a good reason as to why those phone calls stopped. Because the guys that had been proactive on locking some of this in and taking some of the risk off the table and maximizing um, – some of the prices that they had available to them for stuff that they knew they couldn't hold, especially in fall. Um, 
it made sense for those phone calls to stop. The guys that didn't have anything on the books, it was a really good time. And that leads me into one thing that we're going to do again this year um, that, that we've been doing for the last several years is an average contract. And if you look at these charts, there's a reason that I look at May and June. That's why, I mean, the grain industry has, as a whole knows that in this time frame, it's a very good time for farmers to lock, um, to, to have some stuff contracted during that period of time looking at new crop. Because seasonality of it is, is you're going into planting. So last year we had delayed planting. Futures ran up. We had the Ukraine issue. We had all this. It was all driving those futures up in that May-June time frame. And corn and beans, both. So again, we're going to do the average contract where you just enlist. Let's do simple math. 12,000 bushels over a 12-week period. 1,000 bushels gets priced every single week. And at the end of that 12 weeks, those prices get averaged out and you have 12,000 bushels at X price. But what you did was you took the emotion out of it. You knew that you had to get some sold, more than likely, and you put it into a structured plan of saying, I'm not going to look at this anymore. I'm going to, hopefully this market works for me. I'm going to make it work for me. I'm going to put it in in a time of year where it seasonally has the potential for rallies. Because there's always that fear of, oh, well, we're a little wet or, oh, we're a little dry, or, well, you know, North Dakota didn't get as many acres planted as they thought. Or you've got uh, South America, you know, bringing the beans in at that point and saying, ah, they weren't as good as what we thought they were. So there's the volatility lends itself to where prices can make runs, and that's what you're looking for. If you are bullish and you think prices will go up, you need volatility to do it. And we're setting ourselves up for another year of that. Is, is that average contract, is that something kind of unique to us, or is that common throughout the industry? Um, and how's your time frame work? Yeah. Yeah, so last year we ran um, from mid-May to the end of July. Um, before we had ran 16-week periods, and that, that had started in April, and it ran through the end of July. But I, I took April out because we did it two years, and April just beat the dog crap out of us i mean it just it, it really hammered the average last year if we had kept april and it looked even better but every year's a little different um but 12 weeks work works out nicely it it's free it doesn't cost anybody anything um i do all the legwork i do all the work you just tell me how many bushels you want put into it we get you a contract that just says hey i enrolled x amount of bushels in this program it's not unique to us um people across the nation do it some don't offer it. Some do offer it. It's nothing crazy. There's no hidden fees or hidden double ups. There's no options running in the background. Like, oh crap! Like now, all of a sudden, I got to pay margin call on this. Con- there's there, there's there's none of that. It's just me saying, okay, you want to put X amount in? I'll price them for you every Wednesday at the close over this period, hmm. and then at the end, here you go. You've got a contract for X amount of bushels at this price. Delivered when? Delivered in fall. We we can set them up to do different delivery periods if that's something someone's interested in. Um, there's We've got all sorts of different ways that we can market grain for you. You just got to call us to say, what are your needs? When do you need to move stuff? And, you know, cash flow for, for yourself. When do, you, when do you need money? If you know you have to sell to generate cash, why not be proactive and try to Market it in a way where you get the most cash possible instead of just saying, 
oh, crap, I got to sell because I got a payment due. Well, we could have maybe marketed that grain a little better. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But, but we at least had the option to do something instead of being forced into doing something. That's what uh, we're going through on the uh, matter of fact, just right before we came in here, I was on the phone with a grower and we were talking about different financing options. And, uh, you know, for those listeners that aren't familiar, it takes a lot of money to put a crop out and you don't get your money back until you harvest the crop. All right. That's basic. All of us know that. But if you don't, if you're not familiar with agriculture, well, there's a lot of different offers out there. And um, one of them that we do offer at Premier Ag is Secure uh, by Winfield United. And it's got a February 1st uh, term due date of, uh, in this case, it'll be 24. And we're talking about some different options that were that come due in November or December 1st. Well, that doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. And so that's one of the reasons, one of those things you have to evaluate with your input financing as well is when when is the due date of the note. And a good interest rate may not be very good if, he, if it doesn't give you enough time to get the crop out. Mm-hmm. So... But that's one of the other things that we're playing with now. I think that due date's kind of interesting too, February 1st, because what you get to do then is you get all year to market your crop. And then, and this is no secret, everybody does it. They're like, well, can you hold my check till after the 1st so I don't have to pay Uncle Sam any more than I have to? With a February 1st mm-hmm. deadline, you can hold that till after the 1st of the year and then pay it off. Instead of having to all of a sudden take that income in the same fiscal year, pay taxes on it, and then pay somebody else to manage a loan for you, you can hold it until after the first of the year and at least minimize some Yeah, the flexibility. Yeah, and December, January have been good months to sell stuff in because you're out of harvest, so there's usually a little post-harvest bump. You get to take advantage of that instead of having to sell everything before to pay your dues. Yep. So I, I, I didn't know that. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and that that offered you the flexibility with us buying grain, and man, that that just helps when we have that conversation out through the countryside with our with our members. So, what else do you have? I see you have a lot of numbers. Maybe you've hit them all. I'm not sure, but uh, I've hit them all. I just kind of threw everything at you all at once. <laughs> we can post the charts in the video. I, I I think there's something interesting there in the curve. Oh yeah, in the, the curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bell curve. yeah, yeah. If I get really good, and I and I. I I can find someone to help me. I'll try to put that little graphic on the charts. The problem with the beans is if you get overwhelmed or overstimulated real easy, the November 22 bean chart is not one to look at. I looked at it and I started going cross-eyed because, I mean, it looks like on June 1st we were that 1580. uh, On June 9th we were 1584 and three-quarters. July 1st, we were 13 and a quarter. Wow. In a month. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about despair and just losing your mind, that would do it to anybody. Yeah. So that's why these marketing plans, and we can tailor anything to anybody. Um, and we're free. Pick our minds. We try to do what's best for you because we're part of the co-op system. It doesn't do us any good if we tried to take advantage of you. Like that, that makes no sense. So we win when you win. So just give us a call because we've got a board of farmers that probably wouldn't appreciate us doing that. No, they would not appreciate that at all. <laughs> they would not appreciate it at all. And and you know the elevator, how, how they work is different than how farmers work. Farm marketing is different than elevator marketing. So we're 
we're trying to work together to solve a puzzle. We're not trying to battle each other to beat each other up here. We're trying to work together to get something done. So I'm not out to get the farmer and the farmer's not out to get me by taking their bushels to somewhere else instead of me. We're trying to work together. It's just one big puzzle trying to yep. piece it together. Okay. Well, I don't have anything. That's all. I'm, that's, I'm sure I have more questions. I'm not sure what they are. <laughs> well, as we, uh, as we do the, the USDA reports, we'll probably still have you back. I think we see you rather, rather frequently. <laughs> with, uh, you always have something to talk about. So uh, we'll continue that on through 2023. So, All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. Make sure you like and subscribe. And Aaron, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, guys. Thank you.